Hello and welcome back to Tells. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Happy what day is today? Thursday. Happy is it? Yes. Yes, it sir. is. Happy yes. Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. Probably a different day when people are hearing this though. So happy whatever day it is. Happy day you're listening to the Tells podcast. You're off to a great start by listening to this show. Your day is going to be amazing. Or a nice finish. If you're listening before bed. <laughs> we sound like uh, the audio recording in the Jim Carrey movie. What is that movie where he was trapped in a fake life? Truman Show. That was an amazing movie. That was a good one. We live in a Truman Show. We're all living in a sort of Truman Show. Why? Because it's all really a dream. Everything that you look at. You're only projecting what you have in your brain to that thing. It's not. Is that true? Really real. Well, that's what I think, which you can disagree with. And that's why it makes it a dream, because the only reality is really my own. Uh, you sound like you might be losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been reading The Four Agreements again. Oh. I first read this book in 2007 yeah and i was like oh nice to know nice to know okay Bye. so the four oh. agreements is by don miguel ruiz oh, okay i thought it was by someone else who did you think it was by paul coelho pa paolo 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 <laughs> paul uh anyway don miguel says the four agreements that you make in your life to have personal freedom are be impeccable with your word yeah so, so like if you say you're gonna do something then do it not only that but don't tell falsehoods okay and i'm good there also to yourself like what are you telling yourself mm. you know how you sometimes berate yourself he says sometimes we are afraid to be our true selves with people because we're afraid that they will abuse us like we abuse ourselves. I was like, oh, dude. Yep. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. That, for me, has... Yeah, you always take everything personally. I still do. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, we haven't had a bad restaurant experience in a little while, but you always take that very personally. Yeah, see, so it's very good that I'm rereading this book, even though I just go to fewer restaurants now. Yeah, if we get a bad seat at the restaurant, Boosie thinks. It's personal. Yeah. But that's the thing, because it's coming from my dream, where I'm very conscious of people. Like, if people come over to our house, I try and make sure that they're comfortable, right? Are you sitting comfortably? Do you sure. have enough bum room? Do you have a drink? And so that's what I think. Because you care about those people and you think these, this person doesn't care about you if they seat you in a, by, the, by the restroom or something. Yeah, but even so, I wouldn't put somebody that I didn't know in a poor seat. Right. So if I was working in a restaurant, I would try and not put people in crappy seats. I know it's not always in the control of... The server and the hostess, even though I disagree. Okay. <laughs> All right. So don't take things 
things personally. Oh, so we're not having this conversation? <laughs> no. Anyway, okay. <laughs> That'll be a long entire podcast. Uh, and then three is don't make assumptions, which if I didn't make assumptions about why people sat me by the kitchen, I would be freer. So. Okay. And then the fourth one is always do your best. Mm-hmm. And these are the four uh, life lessons, words to live by. No, it's a, called an agreement. Agreements with yourself. Yes. And so if you make them with yourself, then you make them with other people as well, right? Yeah. And so he says that by doing this, we would all experience more personal freedom. So it's interesting because he doesn't say we'll all be like the happiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. But I think just less suffering. So I read it 2007 when I first got to the U.S. And I was like, oh, what good advice. Good to know. But then you forget. So I am going to reread all the books that I haven't given away. that mm-hmm. <laughs> now move the mm-hmm. last time because I think you should reread books. How about you? Uh, yeah, I just kind of struggle to finish a book, but I feel like when I find a good one, well, no, that's not really true. I sort of have to force myself to read a book. I'm more of a phone guy. (laughs) I I mean, before I would have judged you for that, you know? You still do. No, I don't. No? No. Okay. So the truth is I judged you. Is that better? I, get, I, I think, but I don't think I. Which part for not reading the books or for being on my phone? For being on your phone. What was the judgment that you passed upon me for being on my phone? That you're missing out on actual life that's happening by being buried in a <laughs> tiny little screen. Okay. That. And now, how do you feel about it? Because I'm on my phone a lot. Don't make assumptions, you know, <laughs> just letting, don't, and I'm not taking it personally that you don't want to talk to me and you'd rather be on your phone. Yeah. And it's still, it's still a daily lesson. Seriously. I think if I try to live by these four rules every day yeah. and like being impeccable with your word, I think is not so difficult. Right. It's the don't take things personally. That's caused me a lot of suffering in my time. So yeah, I'm trying not to take it personally that you are so in love with your cellular phone. Mm-hmm. That's good. You shouldn't take it personally. It doesn't have anything to do with you. I know. Most things don't. Most <laughs> things don't have anything to do with you, even though you think they do, right? Because your thoughts affect you, but then you make it about somebody else's actions affecting you. Yeah. Right? Because if I pinched you, you feel pain momentarily. <laughs> this is confusing, but yeah. How is this confusing? Okay, explain to me how this is confusing. No, go on. Go on with your pinching. If you if I pinched you, yeah. you're going to experience pain momentarily, yeah. and then it's gone. But what you, the thoughts you put on top of the reasons I pinched you are what caused your suffering. <laughs> because you're going to say, oh, she must not like me. She must be treated, you know, she's trying to treat yeah, me badly. That's true. Like, even why would, though. Why would you want to do that to me? Right. So you see, it's the thoughts in your dream, in your head. Maybe, isn't it both? Isn't it both though? The actual physical pain and uh, the why? But usually the physical pain doesn't last as long, right? Unless it's really terrible where you like are maimed or dead. (laughs) The physical pain is usually temporary, but it's the trauma in our heads that causes the 
pain to go on longer. Yeah, you're right. I do think uh, when I'm on my phone all that time, I am still in the world. I just think the world is in a different place now. That's where the world is. On the phones? Yeah. See, I disagree. I disagree in part because you think I... there's no way you have the same level of conversation in person okay. as you can have online. Because in person, I can see your gestures. I can see whether you're interested or you're present. Uh-huh. And I think those are the conversations that move us forward. Mm. That's a good point. Because we can hide behind our screen Mm -hmm. and I can reject you. Remember, we said last time, you can't hate up close. So if I'm sitting next to you and I see all your humanness. Yeah, but I can also like take time to think about how I want to uh, respond, respond and let like process things when I can't really do that in a conversation. I can't like sit here for five minutes in between sentences while you wait for me to respond. Why? Because it'd be awkward. You'd just be sitting there looking at me, waiting for me. So we should make that less awkward. You can say... That's not going to happen. Bossy, let me just think about this. <laughs> the only problem with that is that you say, let me think about it, and then you never come back to <laughs> That's me. That's true. So... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about the World Series of Poker. Thank you, Jesus. It's over. So let's talk about the World Series main event. You said you wanted to talk about it. I must admit, I didn't watch a single hand of the main event. Yeah. And this is your fault. Why? Because you, we usually do it, watch it together. Mm. So how it well, usually happens... Well, we wouldn't happens, have watched it together. Any, oh, okay, go on. How it usually happens? Is you are playing poker for most of the days of the main event. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of text me updates. Okay. <laughs> That's usually how it happens. You like text me updates. And so I know who's in the lead and sort of what's going on. Mm. And then we watch like a couple of hours of the final day. Yeah. And then I start rooting for somebody. Okay. <laughs> but this year. I gave you nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Zero. Zilch. And, you know, it's all the video editing and stuff. I don't believe I watched last year's main event either. No, I think it's been this way for a couple of years. I think it's like a reflection of my personal level of interest in who's winning what tournament, really. I used to think it like mattered who won the World Series main event. And I think a lot of us used to have this discussion about what will the effect on poker be? Like, how will this person represent the game of poker and et cetera? No pressure. Yeah, it's, it was way too much pressure. And... I think eventually we realize that it's not going to really have much effect unless maybe a female wins it. Um, that might have some big effect. But aside from that, not much of an effect, probably. Hmm. See, um, which comes back to our initial conversation is that the change happens at the grassroots level. The change. Thank you. The change in anything. So you have to be with the people. Like you can influence somebody one-on-one or with something that they feel is really small and intimate yeah versus massive like world okay. series of poker splashed across your screen <laughs> okay just saying okay <laughs> uh, but yes you said you had some thoughts about did i what's his name yeah is it john johnson you said something about him somebody, being like uh, a grinder or something some, but 
before that, somebody had a uh, funny uh, post on Instagram that I can't get out of my head every time I hear John Sin now. Wino Poker on Instagram. Her name is Kayla. You know the brand Johnson & Johnson? Yes. That's what happens when you say John Sin's name twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so silly and it's cute. So, it's so dumb. <laughs> That's very... Very cute. Yeah. No, I hear, that's all I think Johnson of. Johnson and Johnson. 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 Well, we wouldn't have watched it uh, together anyway because it went well into the night, although you might have been able to wake up in the morning and catch the end of it, the heads-up battle. I heard it ended at 5 a.m., something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah just about that, 5 a.m. They played heads-up for like 10 hours or something. That's pretty impressive. So that's good, isn't it, to have people who are – equally matched it was pretty cool yeah it was like a really interesting battle um but they had a lead they had like 15 lead changes or something maybe even more what is it what is the lead change like like one person is a chip leader then the other person is oh, chip lead, leader lead changes lead changes i don't i don't remember what exactly i wanted to to talk about say, yeah <laughs> but i just remember that we did actually watch part of the main event last year because there was that older gentleman with the really oh, yeah. crazy jacket i John think Hesp. yeah i think that's why he busted he was like i do not want to carry the burden the load <laughs> of being the ambassador of yeah. poker yeah i mean i don't know would that have been like uh another big influence on poker if that guy won maybe to some degree but He's from some small town in England, so probably everybody in that town would play poker, and then that would be the effect that he would have. Wow, that's pretty pessimistic, <laughs> yeah, Andrew Nimi. There's only a little bit of cloud in the sky. Why so gloomy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like a very tired conversation, I think. The whole um, ambassador thing and what effect it'll have on poker. I think as a group, we're, up, we're all moving away from that, thankfully. But... Don't you think that those people who are ambassadors of the game or who were added some value? Because there's so much information and mm -hmm. it's available to everyone. I think personally, I'll just speak from personal experience. I like to find things that I don't think other people know about. And it makes you feel like, ooh, I've got the in on something, you know, like finding a restaurant or a you know a new clothing brand okay. and you're like oh that's so cool because it's not just a mass produced mass marketed thing i think the the mass poker ambassador on a pedestal had an effect right i don't think you should discount that as having not had an effect yeah but it was back when like the people that had the effect were not professional poker players Right. So it was like a very interesting story. But like for the past many handfuls of years now, it's been like, you know, the grinder, you know, like the online poker player or Johnson. He's been playing. He's played on live at the bike a couple of times, which is kind of cool. But yeah, he's been playing poker for a living for a while now. So the people that were like the big stories like Chris Moneymaker or even like a guy like Jerry Yang or somebody like this, obviously he's not going to be the best ambassador, but it's just like this interesting story that this guy who's like own a restaurant and, you know. Wins the final he, main event. He prayed really hard. So <laughs> things worked out for him. Uh, 
<laughs> or like Jamie Gold, not a professional poker player, a big talker who was like a talent agent in LA. He can win the main event. So maybe I can win it, you know? Okay, that's good. But it brings me to another conversation that I wanted to have. Could it be that we're too obsessed with the story mm-hmm. and then discount how much work it takes to actually be a good enough poker player to play and make money playing poker every day? Because I think it's good when people who have worked 10 years win the main event. Good it's, for it's good. It good for should, society. It should be good for society. It mm-hmm. should like... I think then the news outlets or whoever writes the story needs to find the story. Sure. What does that say to young kids? Just gamble. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to work hard. But like somebody who, maybe like Johnson, I don't really know anything about him, who's worked 10 years maybe, you know, yeah. grinding. Yeah. I think he deserves to win. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then he seems like a great guy, too. Seems like he's very humble and fun and chatty. So everything you sort of want in a uh, a winner to sort of... A winner? <laughs> <laughs> a winner for our game. Yeah. Because I sent you that article about Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I'm sure everybody knows who Kylie Jenner is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, she is the one of the youngest Kardashian sister. Yep. Um, and Cutest. No. No? You like Kendall. Oh, really? Yeah. This is about Kylie? Yes, sir. I thought Kendall was the youngest. I don't know. It's possible. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I was confused. I think... No, I think Kendall is second to the youngest. I don't think so. Okay, let's Google it really quickly because I'm sure the listeners of the podcast are really (laughs) riveted by this information. Who is younger? Kylie... Or Kendall. Not the first people to ask this question. (laughs) Kendall has to be the youngest. Kendall, 95. Kylie, 97. See? Yeah. So. Kylie's older by two years. No, baby. Kylie Jenner was born 97. Oh, really? Kendall was born 95. Which one is Kendall? (laughs) (laughs) Kylie Jenner is the lip chick The makeup one Alright I was wrong Okay listeners of the podcast sorry So Forbes wrote an article saying that Kylie Jenner Who's the youngest Jenner Who has a makeup Interesting Kit thing Makeup and lipsticks Mm -hmm. Is on track to be the youngest Self made billionaire and internet went crazy. <laughs> they said self-made. Right. So I ignored it until I saw like 15 articles written yeah. about it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Let me read and see. In line with this conversation about Johnson, right? And Johnson? <laughs> Baby. That's very corny. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I know and appreciate why Forbes would write that article and write it and write that headline, right? They need to move magazines. They need to sell subscriptions. Yeah. So job well done by them because they got all these people talking about it. Right. Yeah. The trouble is that where is the backstory? Right. 
you know, where's the backstory of how this happened? There's no backstory of, oh, my sister was already breaking in millions of dollars and it wasn't difficult for me to sort of, you know, we all agreed to be on a show. And yes, I might not have yeah. known what I was agreeing to. So she had access to previous successes of her siblings and her mom's work. Right. Yeah. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I like that question. <laughs> That's what you always ask me. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, the, I think the biggest problem is that we're paying attention to other people's story. But you just said to me now that somebody in poker with a story is what would propel the poker market forward or, you know, Sort be of. the story that you would be interested in. So Forbes is giving us exactly what we have fed them as feedback on what we want. We want to hear. And that's not bad. Like inherently, humans love stories. We live by stories. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But it depends on like how you feel about it and like how you react to it, I think. Because obviously, like I'm putting my story out there, right? But I would be happier if like people are using that as like motivation to do their thing rather than just watching it. I guess the audience is always free to do whatever they want and get whatever they want out of it. But if you're looking at like someone who is either questionably self-made or is self-made or whatever, and then you're like feeling bad about yourself, then you're definitely doing it wrong. I don't think you're interpreting the info in the best way that you can. But you're saying this from a mature 38 year old. Sure. The kids who look up to Kylie Jenner are yeah. 14. Right. There's no context. Or even like people in their early 20s. Right, there's no context. And we have had for sure, like the article that I sent you, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and everybody wants to be a founder. Yeah. But so, there's no context of how you do that successfully and yeah. people who could be potentially very happy doing something else. Yeah. So, yeah, the article was sort of about how um, people should be on this track to either like becoming an entrepreneur or, you know, quote, unquote, self-made in the form of starting a business and creating an empire or whatever. If you're not doing that or you know, on that path, then you're doing something wrong. Right. It's almost embarrassing to tell to tell people that, oh, you know, I work at XYZ company. Right. Because it's like, oh, when are you starting your own thing? As if every business can just be reduced to a, <laughs> I can do my own startup. Not yeah. taking into account like how much collaboration takes place to make a, a business, a massive business be successful or a yeah. massive business work. But do you think the fault lies with the narrative that we've been putting out there? Or is it the fault of each person for feeling bad about where they are? Both. Yeah. Because I went through a period, I think early 20s, where I signed out of watching news you know, I stopped all my subscriptions to all these magazines, the Cosmos, the Glamours, the Vogue, and I stopped watching news because 
I didn't know what I thought yeah. and how I felt yeah. about a lot of things because all I was getting was input from uh, the external media. sources. Right. And so, and I used to talk to friends who were like almost judgingly saying, how do you stay a valuable part of society without consuming, you know, uh, news events. Mm-hmm. Like I remember somebody was like horrified that I didn't watch the news as if I was like the dumbest person on earth. And <laughs> Or like how do you stay on top of like social topics without watching The Bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like that was a little bit difficult to hear from somebody I considered a friend right to say how how, almost how dare you yeah but for me I needed that time Mm -hmm. to listen to myself and get to know what I thought or get opinions from people that I trusted and admired and who had a vested interest in me becoming a better person not a vested interest in selling more magazines or selling more advertising and I'm afraid that there is no filter for a lot of kids to to do that. And it's yeah. like just con- constant. Yeah, I think we need uh, more of the narrative that like, because when people say you should be doing whatever you want to do right now, it's just like so kind of it comes back to this thing where it's like uncool to uh, have a job. Yeah, like if you if that's what you want, then that's really cool. But yeah, anyway, Kylie Jenner is going to become a billionaire. You know, I think the Kardashians have done a phenomenal job with building a brand and leveraging what they saw as people responding to. Yeah. So I think parents need to take more responsibility for the media their kids consume. I think. So if we dig too deep into uh, watching the Kardashians, then that's too much of a that's detrimental to our lives. It depends what you are looking for. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, you can take Johnson's win and be inspired by it and then look to see what he did to get there, which is why I think it's so much more beneficial to have somebody who's actually worked for 10 years. There was a lady who, I can't remember what her last name was, but she was like the new science chick remember in Silicon Valley and then yeah. find out her whole company was a scam. Right. It's the same idea of let people do the work and celebrate the people who have done the work. But the media cycle is so fast that there's no time to follow somebody for 10 years and see them <laughs> do the work and no. be like, hooray, you're a superstar. Right. But you shouldn't make Kylie Jenner feel bad because she was lucky to be born into wealth mm-hmm. and then actually leverage that because there's lots of kids who are born into wealth and do nothing. So, yeah, of course. I guess, like, the other part of it is uh, the other part of that article was talking about, like, how you know, we need to tell everyone to pick them up by pick themselves up by their bootstraps, whatever that phrase is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just near impossible, I guess, for a lot of people. Is what they is what they were suggesting. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't always agree with statements like that, mm-hmm. like because there have been people who 
have come from nothing yeah. and made and made themselves into something. Like I was thinking of myself. I am by no means wealthy, but I am very privileged that my sister moved here and then helped me move here. That yeah. is something that people dream about, like coming to America. Mm. I don't know about these days, but <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I didn't have a sister who had moved here and knew how to, you know, get me here and support me while I got a visa and went mm -hmm. to school. So you have to own all levels of privilege, not yeah. just like $50 billion worth of privilege. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And especially if you have young people around you. Yeah. I mean, wrong is to like constantly compare yourself to other people's status and situation, but it's so like the natural thing to do. Right. It's difficult not to. Yeah. There's always been this keeping up with the Joneses phrase, right? Buying the car to keep up with your neighbor. That's so scary. Yeah. Now it's just in like these different uh, formats of follower counts. and. Yeah. And I think if we own that, then I think older people could help younger people navigate these situations and younger people knowing that this is not new could be more open to listening to your auntie or your grandpa saying honey stop you know just stop because it's nothing new it's just the joneses like you said in a different form yep so anyway we had some listener feedback are you ready hit me we got a question from ricky ricky and he says, hi, Boosie and Andrew. First off, let me start by saying that I love the Tells podcast. I've listened to every one of them and I've seen all of your all of Andrew's videos. You two have got something really good going. Keep up the good work. Hmm. Cheers, Ricky. A couple of months ago, I started an online apparel store called Northeast of Normal. I sell T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts, hats, etc. I've made a few sales, but nothing to boast about. As an entrepreneur, I'm not naive, and I know that it takes a while to get any new business off the ground. With that being said, I'm trying to accomplish my goal of running an honest business and building a brand by spending as little money as possible. Uh, you see, since I'm unemployed and have no money, I can't afford to pay for advertising or marketing. I do utilize Facebook and Insta Instagram and put up flyers around my local area and do self-promotion when I can. My question is for Andrew, but Boosie, you're more than welcome to put your thoughts in as well. Since I'm not well known from anything like on YouTube, a podcast or social media, how do I grow my apparel store by spending as little money as possible and still being able to see a slow increase in profit? I'm hoping to come across a job at some point, but I would still want to keep my apparel store for the supplemental income if I could find a way to increase sales. Thanks for your time. Appreciate all the hard work you both put in. Look forward to possibly hearing your suggestions on a future Tells podcast. Guess what, Ricky? We are living in the future. <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> I think you got to figure it out. You should email every podcast with this same question so that they all give you a shout out. <laughs> and it's all for free. So you're getting your brand splashed across all these people. Um, Nice. There you go. Good job, Ricky. <laughs> Northeastofnormal.com. Job well done. Good idea. So he basically wants to know how business works these days. 
that's kind of broad. <laughs> well, I think like he said the, how he he wants to advertise his business for, for as little. He wants as to possible. spend as little as as possible and make as much as possible. Right, which is any business. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, he's asking basically, how do you get, how do you have a favorable apparel, right, without having a YouTube channel? Just knock off favorable apparel. <laughs> the, well, the answer is we wouldn't have favorable apparel without the YouTube channel. So basically you need to have some sort of a story because clothing is, what do you call it? A commodity. Commodity, right. Well, I mean, it's made for so cheap, it costs so little. There, so the way to um, stand out amongst that is to create a brand and then you have to like what is a brand a brand has a story and it's something that people can you know take interest in in one way or another and so there's all these different platforms that you can use to sort of tell your story and create your brand and so i used youtube to sort of create my personal brand and we created a clothing line out of that right and so there's a story behind the the clothing brand that people um sort of get a kick out of the whole favorable thing the whole favorable thing was a Obviously, you guys know where that came from by now, probably. It came from the story of the vlogs. And uh, it's fun to sort of like take part in that. And that's how a little piece of clothing stands out from the rest. So you sort of have to pick pick a medium or two and uh, and run with it, I guess. I agree with Andrew. You know, what Andrew says, like, the story is most important. I always say i'm you know like you can't sell me anything but these smaller brands that i started out of my garage and or i made my grandma her first ring mm -hmm. that is where i'm spending all my dollars versus big box stores so that you definitely have going for you but we need to know why you created north east of normal like mm -hmm. what is the story behind that and there are also stores locally who sell apparel. Go to those stores as another means to get the story out and try and have them carry some of your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not as difficult as it seems because you're not trying to get into a Macy's, which is almost impossible because they want thousands and thousands of dollars and inventory like that's crazy. But there's lots of sh shops, I'm sure, in your area that sell some sort of clothing. Yeah, I mean, there's just going to be like, there's so many different ways to do it. But I think story is number one. Like, we need to know why you created Northeast of Normal so that people who relate to that, mm -hmm. because Andrew's uh, favorable apparel doesn't relate to people who are bowlers. You know, unless they're bowlers and poker players. So you need to find your people who relate to Northeast of Normal, whatever that story is, and not try and sell to everybody, I think is also important. Yeah, well said. So I hope that's helpful. But yeah, I think number one is put it on your Instagram, put it on your Facebook, why you created that. And then when you talk to people, you always have your why yeah. you created that brand. And by the way, all those things are free. Um, so like creating videos on YouTube, it's, it takes time. That's what it costs, but it's all for free. So you said you didn't want to spend money on advertising. You don't have to spend money on any of these platforms, YouTube. 
IGTV. You can just stay yeah. on Instagram now. Instagram, uh, podcasting, um, writing, do some writing and getting your story out there in some way. Um, whatever you want to come up with, like a Facebook page and like put funny things on the Facebook page and, you know, interesting content that people want to check out and have mix in the story of your your clothing line into it in some way. It's hard to know without actually knowing like what the story of the brand is that you're trying to create. All right. I hope that was helpful. Ricky. Okay. I think that is all we have time for today. Uh, if you like our podcast, please leave a rating on iTunes. But only if it's a good one. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please leave us a comment. You can also listen at tellspodcast.com just in case you forgot your phone at home or you dropped it down the loo and you can listen on your work computer, tellspodcast.com. Well said. Okay, so we'll, we're going to be on vacation, so we're not going to record next week, right? Yes. Okay, so Sadly. next week is off. Sorry we're leaving you with this episode for two weeks, um, but we'll be back the week after that. First week of August. Okay, bye. Nice. See you in August. Bye.